Hello, everybody, and welcome to Push to Shout, the uh, epitome of technical excellence in podcasting. I'm Britalkum Powder. I'm Skippy Sigmatic. And we have some stuff to talk about. Um, chief of which is this e drama. I know you all love that coming to. <laughs> I wouldn't all call kinds this of juicy e drama. The primary news, although there hasn't been a whole lot going on this week, so maybe e drama is the biggest news we have. So we're gonna talk about Bro Team. We're gonna talk about Sony Online Entertainment getting sold. We're gonna talk a little bit about Nintendo, some esports, some real sports. Stay tuned. So let's talk about your week first, Skippy. All right, uh, I'll just kick it off with the most embarrassing part of my week, uh, which is probably going to be something that I talk about every week because uh, I'm kind of addicted to watching the WWE. As ashamed of it as I am, I can't stop because it's entertaining, maybe not for all the reasons it wants to be. Um, God, I... I don't even know where to start. It's, well, I've already talked about it before, but I'll just say, I already mentioned last, I think the last podcast, I was going over how there was the big Royal Rumble event and everyone was freaking out because there was this big hoopla. Uh, And uh, (laughs) they addressed that Thursday night. um, And it was just really weird. And this is like, I, maybe this is kind of the norm for WWE because I, I have just started watching it, so I don't know how it is. But they come out and basically they just brag for a while about how people are watching their stuff. Um, first of all, they, they acknowledge that there was a controversy over the Royal Rumble, but they don't want to like, they don't really directly confront it. Partly, I think, because they'd have to confront the fact that it's scripted. And even though everyone knows it's scripted, they try not to acknowledge that fact, I think, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, it's tongue-in-cheek, but they, 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 they keep it straight. They play it straight. They, they don't usually acknowledge that it's scripted or written. But every once in a while, they'll like act like they're going off script, even though that's really part of the script. It's really weird. Um, but anyway... They, they said, like, oh, yeah, we have a controversy of our own along with the NFL and their deflated footballs. And then they made, like, three ball jokes about the deflated balls, which, which was pretty embarrassing. And then uh, <laughs> and then they said, we've got a million subscribers. And the fans were kind of like, yay. And then they're like, the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, there was a big controversy, but it wasn't that bad, right? It was good, right? It was really weird. It was just this guy with a microphone just saying, like, come on, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> And then, uh, and then they bragged about their YouTube channel having more viewers than like ESPN or something, and uh, and then they got the winner that everyone's not happy about. Like everyone's not happy that this guy won the Royal Rumble because they don't feel like he deserves to win the Royal Rumble or whatever. So they bring him out, and uh, he fights the Big Show, which is their <laughs> biggest their biggest uh, wrestler, and he beats the Big Show. And they're like, look, he's he's all powerful. Look, he can win because yeah. we, we made him win. And then they say, oh, there's a big announcement by uh, the chairman, Vince McMahon, who's like the big dude. And and so everyone's kind of like, ooh, interesting. Vince is going to show up and, and talk. No, it's just a recorded video of him saying, oh, look, we, we hit a million subscribers. Aren't, aren't you proud of it? It was – that is a weird thing. I'm missing it right now. Uh, they do Monday nights. So, you know, keep the spoilers out of the chat, please. I don't want to be spoiled. Um <laughs> So yeah, that's that's a weird thing that I, I guess I'm into now. Um, 
I don't know. I'm still trying to uh, process that in my head. Um, I'm also still trying to process Elite Dangerous, which I played a little more of, quite a bit more of uh, this week. Especially, like, pretty much in one sitting, I sat around making money. Um, I still don't know what to feel about that game. It's it's really well made, like really, really finely crafted. The way that it's, like, I feel like it's the destiny of space sims because, like the way that it plays and the craft that goes into how it looks and sounds and feels is phenomenal. Unlike anything I've ever played, but as a whole, the game is just nothing. It's just like, go to this space station and make a few transactions and go to this space. And I mean, there's a few other things you can do, but like that is a pretty empty game, which is what I expected. So it's not like I'm surprised by this. I, I bought it because it, it provided an interesting experience that I, I wanted to see and I, I got my money's worth, but um, I don't know. I, I The game is really cool. Like, there's, there's really cool moments that it's one of those games where like you can tell your friends stories about this game because everyone is going to have a different experience and n- none of the experiences are like scripted or part of the story or anything. It's just it's part of your personal story and it's stuff that just happens to you randomly. Like I, I, I picked up, I found out floating in space, some illegal goods of some sort. And I picked them up and I was taking them into the space station, but they were illegal. And the space stations have patrols like police basically that like kind of fly around space stations and they scan your ship to see if it's clean or not. And to avoid their scans, one of the things you can do is like shut off everything in your ship and close its heat vents and so your ship starts heating up and you can only do it for like a certain amount of time before you'll just destroy your own ship but uh until that time you're, you're basically like it's called running silent like it's hard for them to find you and scan you and like everything goes really quiet and like your life control or like life uh what do you call it support uh, the thing yeah life support <laughs> i don't know why i couldn't think of the name uh yeah your oxygen goes away because you've turned off that system too and so like you're floating through space and like your windshield like it's all like frosted over from like the life support being off and like you're trying to like sneak into the space station the moments like that are really cool um but then if you actually get killed it, it sucks um i had a fine of like 60 something thousand dollars with the federation and somehow i got killed it was kind of a, a really unlucky thing that happened to me and i got killed it forces you to pay the fine like, yeah and so if you don't have enough money to pay it then you go into like debt kind of and like it takes 10 percent of your your revenue until you um basically pay it back maybe with interest and uh so that kind of sucks because it's like I feel like if you die, it should just kind of wipe you clean a little bit, but I don't know. Whatever. That's not a big deal. But I do like that game. I just... I don't know. It's it's kind of boring. But it's it's an also... But part of the advantage of that game is like you can put it on while you're watching wrestling, for example. And it's really nice to just have something to kind of do while you're watching something that you don't want to be fully invested in, you know? <laughs> um, so, so for that kind of thing, it's actually kind of perfect. And that's kind of what I liked about EVE Online, too, back when I played a little bit of that. Um... I also watched the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about this later. I don't. I don't think there's that much to say about it, uh, especially video game related. Um, I, I watched it with my family. Had some fun watching it. I don't know. Uh, the I heard there was a uh, commercial with. I heard. Yeah, that was crazy. I. I, I if you don't watch football. I, I didn't you know even care if it. this is a video game podcast. Well, it, it's it's Let's a podcast talk... about things that we're interested exactly. in, and I would like to talk about this. Let's talk about when it. When you have it. one of the best running games in the <laughs> NFL, not the best running game in the league, 
You don't fucking pass the ball at half a yard to a championship. Fuck that. That was the <laughs> stupidest shit of all time, and they deserve to lose. My God, that's what I have to say about the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, that guy who caught the ball, the, who intercepted the ball, is from my state. He's from a college called West Alabama, which I didn't know existed until he caught that ball and someone mentioned it. Um, yeah, they, they totally didn't need to do that. Like Even a casual follower of football can understand, like, when you have two timeouts and it's under 60 seconds and you're right there on the goal line, you, there's no reason, zero reason to throw the ball. Uh Damn, that was weird. Um, it was cool, though. I like it when stuff happens in the Super Bowl. Oh, and then they broke out in the fight, which was... That's always fun. <laughs> they earned um, that loss and more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of a shame, though. I do feel bad because, like, the catch before that was so amazing. Like, I've almost never seen anything like that. I and, haven't and, seen anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it's going to be completely overshadowed by what happened right afterwards. So. But they, they deserve it. Like, they shouldn't have done that. The coach made a really really bad call um uh did you see the um the mobile ads there were like three or four of them the mobile ads you mean the ones for like mobile games and I, shit I think there were like two for clash of clans and there was one for like i don't know a clash of clans ripoff i assume like like warfare saw, online yeah or something. like three clash of clans ripoffs yeah what they were all Liam like Neeson? that kind of game that one i liked that commercial that was pretty good i liked it too was that one <laughs> actually clash of clans I think that one might have actually been clash of clans i'm not sure but i know that there was more than one clash of clans commercial and that, that might be including like some of the pre-show commercials but yeah no no ads for for triple a games or anything just mobile games which is kind of telling i guess speaking of those commercials though they have like escalated the attempts at tear jerking to oh the next God. level and like, tear jerking or just shit. punching you in the gut with like here's a dead kid yeah like here's a kid <laughs> who drowned in a tub um make sure you what was that even for i don't remember what that uh, what it the was point all, of that it was, was um not all nationwide it was i think it was nationwide yeah. life insurance i think <laughs> like your kid um, is gonna get crushed by a tv you're drowned yeah, in the tub yeah. if you don't buy I saw, our insurance I saw, I saw a tweet shortly after that that said nationwide your child died <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good. And then they had the um the Dove Men commercial, and it was literally just a commercial about <laughs> yeah. fatherhood. And then at yeah. the end, it was like there Dove were like Men. ten commercials about fi- fatherhood, and mm-hmm. one of them, the weirdest one, was the Nissan commercial. Did you see that one? Yeah, with the like race car, cats in the cradle with the silver spoon. <laughs> and it's supposed like you're. I guess it's supposed to be feel good, but like that song is not at all a feel good song. Like that song is about like a father being away from his son, and the son trying to be like the father even though the father wasn't a good role model like jesus christ that was really like i think they were just i don't know if they knew what they were doing there that was weird that didn't make me want to buy a nissan and the the budweiser commercial like in 2013 they had the (laughs) the sweet uh, commercial with the horse the budweiser clydesdale and they the farmer and the horse get separated and then they reunite and it's all cute then the next year they added a puppy to the mix so that the horse and the puppy love each other and now this this was insane i couldn't stop laughing when i saw it the the puppy got attacked by by a wolf <laughs> it didn't get attacked it was threatened it, it was, was threatened it by was a wolf. on the brink of attack by a wolf <laughs> on the precipice of combat with a wolf and then uh it i guess just 
through some kind of spirit sense summon, <laughs> summon the, the Budweiser Clydesdales and they uh, scared the horse away and then the puppy runs back all covered in mud and it's oh so cute but how do you escalate that more like yeah. Where, they're gonna they do, do it again <laughs> because people like the puppy that's the only reason they did it this year I don't know why uh, even that, talk about the quality of ads uh, uh, yeah but I uh, that it was, that was like okay the last ones were off obviously an attempt to like tear jerky or whatever this one just went so far beyond like it's just like so formulaic like here's a puppy and look the puppy's sad and it's away from home and look it's trying to get back home and look, it's, it's in under danger. a little box it's raining like look. like oh god i don't know i i i think it was intentionally and then, funny like a little bit but it was still the, like, um, really try hard i think it was another Bud- budweiser commercial but basically, the, 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 macro the beer? whole point. Yeah, the macro beer. The, yeah. Where the whole point of the commercial is just fuck good beer. Like that, yeah. that is the, that platform. Like on the I one think hand, funny. on the one hand, I kind of like that concept of a commercial. Like, oh, you're snooty with all your fancy beers. We're just a beer. We're just bud. I like that idea. But it comes as really desperate, especially as you see the grocery store aisle of beer like get slowly taken over by craft beers and like the Budweiser's being pushed off into the corner. Like, it's like apparently yeah, their ad strategy up until Budweiser. now has been like to ignore that, but now they're just kind of acknowledging it head on. I, I think I think that those uh, the big beer companies are kind of getting hit pretty hard by by the local stuff and all those smaller companies. What a um, shame! Somebody needs to step yeah, in for yeah. big business. Yeah, they really uh, they need someone to help out, make a Kickstarter or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Kickstarter, we'll, that shit. Okay, I'll sit on that. I'll sit on that. Okay, yeah, week. we'll save that for news over your week or whatever. Um, let's see. The only thing, other thing I did, I, I streamed Besiege uh, a couple of nights ago. Um, that is a game. It's basically Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts, except you're creating a siege weapon. Um, I like the concept a lot. I'm actually really like playing it. I was really surprised that it hasn't been done before because it's basically like what everyone does in Gary's mod when they first get the game. It's just like, oh, let's build this thing that drives around and fires a cannon. And that's what you do in this game. Um, it's it's really, really early access. There's only like 15 levels and and there's a lot of just wonky stuff and, and not a whole ton of features, but it's it's really cool. I, I like that game a lot, and the best part is it's $7, so it's nice to see an actual cheap game. And that's not like like not on sale or anything. It's just like, here, our game's $7. Um, and I feel like it's kind of worth that in the current state it's in, so good for them for actually pricing their game <laughs> reasonably. But yeah, that's it's really cool. It has this cool, like... Uh, I've seen this. This has become really popular in the last few years. Like, uh, it, it's minimalist kind of art style where the levels are just white spaces like that go on forever, and then they just place things in there that, and they kind of crank up the depth of field to make it look like they're miniatures or toys or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Hitman Go has that style, and the uh, Tomorrow Children has that style. I like it a lot. It's a cool style. I, I hope it doesn't get overused, which it probably will. But um, for now, it's 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 neat. It, I don't know if it fits this type of game, but I, I don't know, I guess, because like you're just kind of building stuff together. It could be like making a toy or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's a cool game. Check that out. Uh, it's really cheap and fun. So that's my week. Cool. Um, so on my end of things, I've been watching... Um, Somebody in the chat mentioned that uh, I look tired. I was watching um, Apex, the end of Apex 2015. It's the Smash tournament, the largest Smash tournament of all time. It wow. was really cool to watch, but it was going pretty late. 
because it was a, an event. You probably heard about that they had to move the venue. Um, the one of them, the first venue wasn't up to code. Like the fire marshal shut it down basically, <laughs> yeah. and at the last minute they had to change venues. So they had to compress three days of competition at what was already the most entered Smash tournament ever. They had to compress three days of competition into two, and they managed to do it. It went really smoothly. I was surprised by that. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna do a blow by blow of the whole thing, but. The highlights, at least for me, were, um, you ever hear Chillin' Dude? Chillin' Dude was one of the OG Smash people who kind of made Melee into what it was back in, like, I, 2005 I, I, and 6. Like, I he was any a, of these people. He was an East Coast OG, and he's really, really important in the history of Smash. And, um, Mango is the best player in the world right now. And then, um, yeah, so they're friends. And this Swedish motherfucker, smug ass, new kid on the block, fucking Swedes, man. Named Leffen, um, he thinks he's the greatest, and so he challenges Chillin' Dude in what's called the Salty Suite, which was at 9 p.m. after the first day, and it was an exhibition match, Chillin' Dude versus Leffen, and Chillin' Dude, he's kind of old for, for being up in that community. He's he's old like late 20s or something or early 30s so nobody was expecting him to be that good it was just kind of an exhibition and the the stakes were the right to use a certain fox costume in tournaments and leffen this he was so fucking smug he he uh got five games on chillin dude he just shut him down and then mango best player in the world steps up and he says leffen if we meet in the brackets i got a thousand dollars on it and they did meet in the brackets, and Mango got shut out. The best Smash player in the world got beat by this Swedish prick. <laughs> but he finally got shut out by a guy named PPMD, who is one of the top one or two players for a while. But he just kind of disappeared a few months ago, or I think like a year ago. He just hasn't been around, and he just came back. Nobody was expecting him to do well. He wound up taking the whole thing. It was a really, really impressive tournament. It was it was great to watch. Apex 2015, good stuff. Good stuff. And also for Smash, been playing more Project M, Netplay. That's been fun. Um, my GameCube adapter that you know adapts a GameCube controller into USB. It arrived, but it said it would work for PC. It doesn't, so it's a pain in the ass. Hopefully, it'll work on the Wii U. But you know, I'm not I'm not optimistic. I think I just wasted a bunch of money on a brick. Um, I also played a little game called Life is Strange, and we yeah. talked a bit about Life is Strange. Was it last week? I think it was uh, last we, week. we just kind of mentioned it because it was it was a question from chat or something and we didn't know anything about it. No, it was it was the um it was the polygon story. Oh yeah, I yeah. forgot that. Oh, yeah. Oh god, Jesus Christ. I repressed these things from my memory. <laughs> so, I wound up playing that and oh my god, it's impressively bad. Like it, it, the production value is clearly better than Telltale. Like you can tell, they had a bigger budget. Square Enix made it. The same team that that made Remember Me, they had a bigger budget. Some of the production values are better, but it still manages to feel like Faker. Like these characters will just kind of you're. It's like at a high school, but they'll just kind of walk back and forth statically between these places mm. and like one kid on a skateboard was just skating like a couple of feet stopping turning around and skating oh. the other way and then if you get in his way he just kind of pushes you all the way along and those are just the technical things but there's so much of that that it's completely inescapable the story itself 
is garbage. There is there is no story really. It's all build up. Nothing's resolved. It well, wants it's just you to episode get, one, isn't it? Like it is episode one, but The Walking Dead and most of Telltale's games, they have like a self-contained thing or set of events going on. So there's clearly a setup for the next episode, but you kind of got a sense of of what happened and what that means for the future after you finish an episode one of a Telltale game. This is not like that at all. Um, a lot of just confusing cryptic nonsense, a lot of high school drama that it wants you to care about, but you still don't have context for. Like there's this one scene where you confront a security guard or don't when he's talking to one of your friends, but you don't know what it's about. All you can do is like step in or not. Yeah. And it says it's going to have a consequence, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's about. It's impossible to care. And the whole thing's like that. The hook is that it's kind of like Prince of Persia, but with conversations. You can rewind time and then like redo a conversation. Um, it's a little bit cool, but it really feels like it exposes the the biggest weakness of Telltale's games, or what they've always been, which is that there really never is that big of a difference between what you choose. Yeah. And being able to immediately go back and choose another thing, it makes that even more transparent, even though the idea is kind of cool. Right. So the whole thing just kind of falls apart. And of course, it's all about proving how hip it is. There's references to Kickstarter. There's references to Reddit. Um, of the most famous example is this guy gets beat up for you. You're a girl. This guy gets beat up for you. And then he texts you a selfie of him with a black eye. And he says, Your white knight Warren here. <laughs> and then a couple more things are exchanged. And then your character texts Keck. <laughs> I wanted to die. I, I was. We were streaming that. It was good. In that it was so bad. It, I mean, Keck. it was impressive. Don't buy it. Don't touch it. <laughs> Don't fucking touch it. It's five dollars, but it's five dollars for the first episode. Each episode is a new purchase. Just don't touch it. Leave if, it alone. If a, if a really skilled game developer with a good writer came in and made it even a very short game where the branching paths like are actually branching paths that actually go in completely different directions it could blow all these games out of the water there's just nobody doing it this isn't that big of a spoiler but honestly this is so bad i don't give a shit about spoiling it because it's, it's not it's nothing you have this friend who your character used to be a lesbian with and then decided not to be and um she is like this punk girl she's smoking weed in her room in her stepdad's house and then the stepdad comes up and the game very clearly wants you to dislike the stepdad and sympathize with the friend but there is nothing likable about the friend and the stepdad is being entirely reasonable <laughs> he's upset that the girl is smoking weed in her bedroom flagrantly and then he asks did you steal my gun and then she says no and then she can get lippy with him and then like basically go to like not really attack him but get up in his face and he he gives her one light slap and then the game is very clearly like whoa look at this monster and you can go back in time and intervene and stop it from happening if you do that then it turns out at the end she actually did steal the gun <laughs> so after that 
this was the only bit of like fun I had with the game. After that, I deliberately went back in time so I could watch her get slapped and let that stand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's not good. It's it's. Have you seen the? Uh, have you seen the part in that game where she looks at the movie DVD in her room or whatever? Yep. And yeah, it's the Final uh, Fantasy. Whatever. It's one of the, one of the Final the... Fantasy movies, and she says it's one of the best movies of all time. One of the best sci-fi movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. It, it's full of like geeky pop culture references. Everybody on the campus has a cool artsy interest, like photography or sketching or wearing beanies or whatever these fucking people do. So yeah, that's that. Tumblr of the game is what I've heard. Yep. I also played Dying Light. It's boring. I'm not gonna play it again. Alright. That's really all I have to say about it. If you, it's Dead Island, but slightly better. The parkour is kind of cool, but it, it's ultimately boring. Passable. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of the impression. I have seen quite a bit of it, and I, I, I feel like it's the kind of game that would be really nice for, like, half price, or maybe even a little less. Like, just as a concept, the game seems kind of empty. For um, 20 bucks, I'll buy it for now yeah. and selling it. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that's my week. Do we want to get into news? Do you want to tackle yeah. the bro team stuff? You were uh, I'll up on the bro it earlier than me. Because I, I was, I, I was a little bit involved with this actually. Uh, I, I couldn't help but but get my opinion in there because uh, you especially and and I've I've dealt with a little bit the copyright claim stuff is is very personal um, with the your history with the Fine Brothers. If you're not aware. Yeah. Uh, if you're not aware, if you're a listener and you're not aware, Bro Team had an issue with the Fine Brothers where he made a parody video and they took it down and he had to counterclaim it. And are there still strikes on your channel? No. Okay, so they do remove the strikes when you counterclaim. Right. Okay. At least, at least there's that. Um, and anyway. he wound up ultimately retracting the claim, so they go away automatically that way too. Yeah. But um, so uh, I woke up Saturday morning. Um, and bro team was tweeting about how he had made a copyright claim against angry joe who made a gamergate video or controversies of 2014 video that obviously ended with gamergate and um it, basically the copyright claim was about a part in the video where angry joe is talking about uh, both sides of gamergate and how they're both stupid oh they're stupid i, I don't like angry joe very much but anyway um he's got this image behind him which is something that i've seen before many times it's someone has attempted to make a compilation of like who is for gamergate and against gamergate and uh and it's left people on the left are for it and people on the right are against it and so it's like zoe quinn and who what whoever is on the right and then it's like internet aristocrat and king of pole and whatever on the on the left and bro team is on the left side it, it's just his little logo in there amongst like a hundred others and uh I guess people assume that he's on the Gamergate side because he's very critical of the anti-Gamergate side. Like, he's been that way for a long time. He tweets a lot about Brianna Wu and all of them. Uh, but he always... He does... He has clarified that he doesn't want to be associated with Gamergate, that he thinks that it's a stupid movement and that he doesn't care about ethics and germinalism or anything. Um, so he wasn't happy about being shown on the video as being supportive of Gamergate. He uh, emailed... And maybe Twittered to uh, at Angry Joe Show, and uh, and said, you know, I, can we talk about 
what we can do about getting my logo off your video. Uh, he didn't get a response after several hours, I think four or five hours, and ended up making a copyright claim. And the video was almost instantly removed by YouTube because a robot does those things. And, and when you're accused of having a copyright claim against you, then you are instantly guilty to YouTube. Um, yep. Yeah, so that kind of sucked. I wasn't too happy about that because I, I just feel like no YouTuber should be making a copyright claim against any other YouTuber unless it's unless that other YouTuber is being like malicious or like just stealing your videos, like literally just stealing your content um, and making a profit off of it. Like obviously then that's where the copyright claim steps in. But not only is a, a logo not really a big deal because it's just in the background it's he doesn't ever specifically talk about bro team it's just kind of a background image that pops up for like 30 seconds uh it, it it's it also isn't copyright infringement because it's 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 journalistic it's educational i mean you can argue all you want about how useless it is i, I don't like angry joe very much i don't think he's very informative but the purpose is informative and that's what matters in copyright and most importantly he's not taking any revenue away from bro team by putting the logo on there um so that doesn't at all fall under i mean that's that's all fair use it's pretty clear cut um so i i i, I was pissed about it and i tweeted at bro team that i wasn't too happy with it and all this stuff and uh but bro team as a result of me and many other people criticizing him for this he wrote up kind of a uh apology and explanation of the events which i thought was pretty uh, uh pretty good i mean he basically just said you know i regret this i didn't know that it would take down the video instantly um i i still am not happy with him using my logo but uh you know i, I i'm not happy that bro team did it uh, I think that bro team can act pretty immature sometimes, but I've met him in real life. Uh, I met him at PAX East a couple years ago and he is super nice. Like he's actually like really, really like quiet and nice in person. And uh, so I know like he's not just like this dick or anything. So I, we're, we're, we're still buds. Like I, I, a lot of people thought that we were fighting and we weren't ever fighting. I, I just wasn't happy with what he did <laughs> that one time. Um, so yeah. I, I don't want to, this comparison is, not the best because I like bro team a hell of a lot more than I like Bill O'Reilly but <laughs> it kind of strikes me as kind of like that um, Bill O'Reilly claims pretty emphatically that he's not a Republican he's an independent right, but right. when 90% of his content on on his show the O'Reilly factor is slamming liberal pinheads then somebody is perfectly justified in in at least having the opinion that he might be associated with that general side and again bill o'reilly is a complete jackass and bro team seems really cool so it's not the best comparison but like i don't i don't get or at least i can't sympathize that much with how why would you ever associate me with these i'm i'm not taking that side well sure but when you have very clearly and on the record stated your objections with the other side you can't be too surprised when somebody lumps you in with the opposition yeah um i, I i'm amazed i would be amazed if he didn't know that yeah I, I agree with that i i mean he has been critical of gamergate as well um 
and like I said, he he has stated that he just does not give a shit about Gamergate's stated, you know, uh, like goals and stuff. Like he just doesn't care. Yeah, um, yeah. But but you're right. He is very very critical of the anti Gamergate people. He's very vocal about it. Has been for a while. Uh, so obviously people are going to affiliate him with Gamergate, but I think that it's a little bit of a almost like a touchy subject for him because he doesn't want to be involved in that so much or doesn't want to be part of the movement he just right. he's just critical of one side but you're right he, he shouldn't be surprised and maybe he isn't surprised that 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 people associate him with it uh but you know he explained that 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 he was afraid that he would become a target from the classic anti gamergate people who right. can be pretty insane and i've already seen a lot of them like a lot of the major people have been pretty crazy towards him in the past and very recently as, yeah. as a result of this so i can understand it but he shouldn't have done the copyright claim like and, bottom line he shouldn't have and done yeah that. on the on the brand thing because the, the he explained that the reason that he did it was to protect his brand basically that he didn't want to be associated with something he didn't want to be associated with that's his brand that's his logo he didn't want it in there well part of having a brand that you've built he he mentioned a few times that he put a lot of effort into building this brand if you are going to build a brand then you have to be fully aware that your actions are going to reflect on the brand the things you say are going to reflect back on the brand and people are going to have opinions about the brand people can cover the brand beat them in the press and use the asset to explain what's going on the art asset of the logo that's part of the coverage as shitty as angry joe's opinions are um, that's still his coverage and you know there it's protect wanting to protect your brand doesn't give you the right to stop other people from talking yeah or, or using your logo even if they're it's even really if they're simple. even if they're wrong like factually wrong about what they're saying as it when they're when all they're talking about is i would also i would basically call it a political belief is is what i would call gamergate like it's a political um uh it's almost like left and right you know um, yeah. it, i don't think that i don't think people of certain political uh opinions necessarily fall on one side but i think in itself it is like having a political opinion um and so i, I, I accusing someone of having a political opinion I, I got i got a tweet from someone who said that that it was slander which first of all slander is something specifically yeah, something entirely v- different. vocal which this is... which doesn't apply here and so it would be libel and it isn't libel because it, he's not He's not outright lying about bro team. He's not intentionally trying to harm bro team or anything like that. He just had an image that aligned bro team with a certain political side, which exactly. maybe bro team didn't agree with. Somebody could make a chart <laughs> that says these are public figures ranked from most liberal to most conservative, and like if an actor is on that list, they can't say, "But I actually identify as as liberal, not conservative." So th- this is bullshit. It doesn't matter. That's yeah. their opinion of what you think, and you can't do anything about it. And I appreciate Protein wanting to respect his brand, and I do like his videos. I like his streams. But, you know, what are you doing? That's yeah. not okay. It's not okay. Yeah, he was wrong this time. Um, but, you know, we can move on. They've, they've, they have both settled it. The video is back up. Uh, Angry Joe, I don't think, is angry about it anymore. Uh, and Protein has, you know, issued... I mean, it wasn't a full apology, but it was an explanation, and and he did say that he regretted it, and that and he called it an apology. So, <laughs> I'm I, I'm willing yeah. to accept that. You know, I can forgive him for for making one mistake. Um, so we can move on. Yep. So, 
let's move to Sony Online Entertainment. I don't know anything yeah. about this, so you okay. can cover it. Uh, I think this was today or yesterday. I think it was today. Uh, Sony Online Entertainment was sold by Sony, which is kind of weird because that was one of their main like things about video games. I was like, that, that company has... That's like uh, they're responsible for Plant Side 2, uh, H1Z1, which is getting really popular, sold a bunch of stuff. Doesn't deserve the popularity, and it's, it's another terrible uh, instance of early access games that just blatantly copy other games. Um, but yeah, it's been sold, no longer associated with Sony at all. Uh, they renamed it to something games uh i forgot I, I should write these things down but um i have a terrible memory if you haven't noticed uh it, it was a private investor firm or something that, that that bought it out so basically they're they're kind of independent basically um and uh john smedley who was the uh kind of head of development there um he tweeted and said that he was looking forward to getting games out on the xbox one so apparently maybe they already have plans to switch some of their games or not switch them but add some of their games to xbox one which is kind of cool um if you care about that which i don't but <laughs> i i i actually kind of like uh i liked planet side 2 and h1z1 i i would never buy that game but uh they they i think they are actually pretty good at making games it's just that God, they, that H1Z1 shit's just obnoxious. We've talked about that before. Um, I, what, what else is Sony on? They, they made something else, and I can't think of it right now. Um, something else pretty big, but Plant Side 2 is the big one for me. That's the only one that I really played. And so, I, whatever. Um, I, it's not going to majorly change, I don't think, any of the any other games. Uh, nothing's going to go down or anything like that. It's just interesting change of ownership, especially since Sony was in their name. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Sony, um, Bloodborne, I just saw this. They released um, the the first 20 minutes of the game. I haven't and, watched that. Oh, I, I have to resist. I have to resist <laughs> watching that. Yeah. Oh, man. It would spoil it. It would spoil it. I don't want to do it, but it's right there. I could watch it. I might read opinions about it, but I'm not going to watch it because I, I, I do want like part of the fun of that game is your first experience oh, of yeah. it. And so Definitely. I don't want to spoil that. I'm already kind of, I, I already kind of wish I, I've seen less than I have, but I mean, nothing's been as bad as literally seeing the beginning of the game. I wouldn't want to do that, Yeah. Ooh, but it's right there. I'll be strong. I, think it, I, I I do have high hopes for that game. <laughs> I, I, I think it'll be at least better than Dark Souls 2, and if it's better than Dark Souls 2, then it's at least worth its money. It'll be still be disappointing, but it'll be at least worth its money, so I feel like that's a pretty solid bet. I yeah. hope. Well, that's all I've got to say about that. I just saw the headline and kind of freaked out a bit. Yep. So... What's this about Nintendo's creator program? Is this going to let us okay. see some cool new meme run games on uh, the Wii U? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to upload meme run um, from your Wii U, you're going to have to, on YouTube, you're going to have to partner with Nintendo, uh, at least partner with them for that video alone. They've got this weird program. They've, they've, they've been teasing at it for a while because ever since they basically took down all the videos that uh <laughs> had their content in it um they're they're sharing 
the revenue that they get from ads with the YouTube creators. The YouTubers get most of the revenue, in fairness. Um, but it's this really... If you look at the link that I that I linked yeah, there, I'm it's it. I'm gonna put this in the description. Obviously, it's uh, it's the guideline that that it's frequently asked questions and stuff like that that Nintendo has provided. It's very legal sounding, like it's all very obviously written by lawyers, and it feels like something that lawyers wrote with no, uh, without even acknowledging the fact that this affects a ton of people who. Uh, don't want to go through all this bullshit just to upload game footage and like they act like here we're providing this service for you but what they're really doing is taking away something that you've always been able to do and and making it something that they control which is really shitty i I, i'm not at all happy with it Uh, jim sterling who i'm not a huge fan of but he he made a video i haven't watched the video but I, i i saw him quoted in it where he said uh that if this were ea the internet would be exploding right now with hatred. But because it's Nintendo and everyone loves Nintendo and even I love Nintendo, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Nintendo well, can get away with this shit. Yeah, one, it, yeah, it is really shitty. It's been coming for a while since at least um, like summer of 2013. They've been trying to stake their claim on on revenue this way. So, yeah, it, it's it sucks. But... What Jim Sterling is happy to overlook is that it's not a free pass, really, that Nintendo's using to escape scrutiny, because they've kind of, oh yeah, with sure. the level of uh, of playing the game, as they say, in the industry, nobody's been doing better than them for months, for a year, and so more than a year, yeah. If of any time for this to come, it makes sense now. People are kind of people aren't upset because they've been delivering like really delivering ea makes shitty games and used to fuck people over now ubisoft would probably be a better analogy if ubisoft did it people would be all over them but that's because they've shit out shit for months so yeah it would be another terrible thing in a a slew of bad things but because this is a, a blemish on a recently sterling record sterling little pun um it yeah good job Thank you. I've been I've been working on it. Yeah, I, I agree with you as far as the overall image of the company goes, but I think what he is specifically referring to is how this in particular is being received and, and reported by the media, which is like I, the headlines that I looked up when I first heard about it, all of the headlines said Nintendo offers service to share revenue with YouTubers. It was like worded that way right. where it's kind of like that's not – like Maybe framing the best it as a positive, it. yeah, yeah, and that's like, ridiculous. It, 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 yeah, I, I, they're the only company doing anything like this in the video game industry, and and also from just from a purely this has been said many times before, and everyone knows it, and so it's it's kind of surprising that they've still gone forward with this, even from a purely business standpoint. Nintendo shouldn't be doing this. It, yep. These it, everyone is acknowledges the fact that that these let's plays and stuff, for the most part, for most games, are just advertising, free advertising, basically. Um, there's certain games like maybe Telltale games and stuff like that where if people could watch a let's play instead of playing the game, but when it comes to Nintendo, they have always not, been one of the most bizarrely out of touch companies in so yeah. many ways. Just consistently it, it is a clear pattern with them like um not having proper online even 
even till today like they they have a better online service but it's still really funky and doesn't quite work the way you'd expect it to or it's it's definitely way more restrictive than like psn or xbox live and um just like 2013 if we want to talk about smash again they filed a cease and desist after um smash melee raised like a ton of money for breast cancer to get back into evo like they were going to stream evo but nintendo said no you can't and then it took a whole bunch of shit slinging to get them to back down from that like it it is amazing how out of touch they are and i don't know if they're just not they don't have their fingers on the pulse of what the American game scene is like. Maybe Nintendo of America needs to do some better community stuff, but I don't know. They they just they make the weirdest decisions, and I think now that this program is sort of codified into something more concrete, you're going to start to see what people had kind of started to speculate would happen. That it's there's just going to be a clear economic negative to uploading videos about Nintendo games versus uploading videos about other games that people can make more money by uploading other games so they will upload other games and they won't waste their time making videos about Nintendo games because even though you're only taking some of the revenue they can get all the revenue if they do it the other way well not all of it because their their network takes some but they can get more doing non-nintendo games and so they will people are going to be perfectly content to keep watching minecraft let's plays they don't need to see your wonderful 101 let's play and uh, nintendo's pricing model seems pretty reasonable but most people aren't going to want to go through the bullshit to upload that stuff when they can just play another game instead Uh, it's it's, it's, it's stupid and then even for like big channels like big 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 channels they they already have deals with their networks like can they actually enter into another deal that's what i really wonder like yeah it seems like that would somehow be like a breach of contract or something i don't know how it works but i imagine case by case basis probably but yeah yeah like i i imagine that somebody like super bunny hop who's partnered with maker somehow but he's not really like a big deal he's not like total biscuit in terms of pulling weight i don't know if he's going to be able to make a video about a nintendo game now yeah like i do think that i do think a lot of those uh major um partnerships on youtube allow the option to upload videos that aren't monetized basically and so i I don't know if they'd have a problem with you basically doing that and then partnering it that video alone with nintendo because the weird thing about this nintendo thing is that you can do it to a single video uh you don't have to do it with your whole channel so they also they also offered the option to do it for your whole t- channel, but every single thing on your channel has to be a Nintendo game if you do that. What? Which, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's why I said like it sounds like it's written by lawyers who have no idea how this stuff works. Like lawyers are just like, well, sure, let's offer this uh this thing for the whole channel, but you know legally we, it would be easiest for the <laughs> channel just to be about Nintendo content, and they just never even it never even enters their it enters their mind that nobody does that um they just have like no concept of how the youtube community actually works how these youtubers do things um and i think you're absolutely right i know that giant bomb uh is one of the pretty major people on youtube who they've come out and said we're probably not going to upload any more nintendo stuff on youtube um just because it's not worth the bullshit and 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 obviously yeah that <laughs> it isn't i wouldn't do it like i i don't upload nintendo shit anyway because i don't even have a wii u or anything but if i did i, I this would be a lot of incentive not to not to do it anymore because i just don't want to i mean do this i've crap. used i've used clips of some nintendo stuff but i've never gotten like i don't think it's ever been picked up by anything yeah like 
I don't know. I'm going to be interested I, I in how monetize... diligent they are about finding that stuff. Yeah, that's going to be a big deal for them. But also, like, I don't, I don't monetize any of my videos, and I don't want ads on any of my videos at all. So yeah. if they are going to stake a claim, I'm just going to pull the video and I'll yeah. put it somewhere else. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. I don't monetize, and I'd rather not have ads but a lot of the times it puts it on there because i use music that that it flags or whatever but um i would rather have an ad with the music that i want to use rather than the other way around but um if they're going to make I, me become a partner in their program though yeah, like that's if bullshit. it's a seamless thing like okay i used a clip of your stuff you want to put an ad there i guess it's not that big of a deal but if i'm going to have to enter into this blood contract with nintendo <laughs> over a five second clip of brawl or something i'll no yeah, I, I think what it'll do is if you upload Nintendo content, it'll do what it's been doing, which is not taking it down necessarily, but putting a Nintendo ad in front of it and taking all the revenue that you otherwise would have gotten from it. Mm-hmm. So so I think this is basically just an option to opt in and get revenue from that. And either way, you can upload the video, but I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it'll stay that way. I don't know what their plan is. It's still in beta, apparently. Who knows what that means? Um, it, it, it's a weird thing. And the thing that really bothers me is how there's tons of YouTubers where they're uploading compilations of games with a small amount of game footage in each, like our game year in review videos. Would Nintendo want those to be under their program because we used, you know, 10 seconds yeah, of Nintendo footage in a 10 minute long video? And the way the copyright system works, like they, a single company can take the entire video down, even if it's just like a single part. So I don't know. This I'm not, well, clearly I'm not liking this. Who is liking this? But it's yeah. scary. It's not looking and it's good. Not, it's not good for anyone, literally. Yep. I don't think that anyone wins, which is always bad, obviously. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I just don't understand. I, I guess part of that's just Nintendo's corporate culture, but it's a weird corporate culture. It they is. make the strangest decisions. Yeah. I, I, they, this is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, this is a good thing, but the only reason that Nintendo maintains success and popularity is that they are really good at making games. They are just super good at it, and, and they have been forever, basically. Um, and that's, that's the most important thing that a game company needs, obviously, is, is the ability to make good games. But when all of your other decisions don't make sense, including your console decisions... I. Like with the Wii U, I'm convinced that the that the Wii was just a fluke. Like that they had no idea what they were doing, and they just threw this thing out there, and it happened to to stick. Because like everyone gave them credit, but then they they screwed up so badly with the Wii U. But except they they didn't actually screw up with the console. They screwed up with the the dis, the pure decision making stuff. They didn't I fuck up think, the engineering. Like I don't they think called the console's the great. Wii U. Really? I mean, it's underpowered for this generation, but yeah. it's still consistently hitting 1080p 60 frames per second on consoles. And not... that's important. But but yeah. and, and for the most part, Nintendo games don't need power. Um, but the whole gimmick of the screen being on the controller, I feel like there's hardly uh, there's not enough use for that for, to justify it being a major part of the console. Uh, I disagree. I don't like it. 
that like having one and, and using it just as a as a regular thing it is so nice to just be able to pop off with it and take it wherever i want in my in my apartment like but technically you could do like the same thing with the vita so like what if the wii u really except was I need, an for accessory? that i need a ps4 and a vita Sure, but like I'm just saying, like, what if the Wii U was a slightly cheaper console, and it was just the console with a normal Wii controller or separate kind of controller, maybe like GameCube style or whatever? Like, I like Connect, the new Connect yeah. for Xbox, where you can yeah, and so, get one and or so not. You can buy the Wii U controller, and it'll add these features to the games, and you'll be able to play it on your your bed or wherever you want. Which is nice. It's neat, but it's an optional thing. I think that would be the the direction to go. Um, that would make some sense, but. I think there's also something to be said, and it was very unsuccessful with the Kinect on Xbox One when it first came out, but there's something to be said that if you are putting money into a kind of eccentric peripheral, like the Wii U gamepad or the the Kinect or the Wii Mote, for developers to actually be able to use that stuff, having a 100% install base is a, is a big deal. Yeah. For something I, like the Kinect, where it has basically no useful application in any game, in any conceivable scenario, like, yeah, that, that's a, a huge failure. But the Wii U gamepad actually has some pretty uses in quite a f- pretty interesting uses in quite a few games and it is an absolute convenience for sure, like immediately right off the bat with any game. I think that even though they could have probably sold some more consoles without it if they discounted it, that overall it was probably the right decision for them if they wanted to start a console generation. Yeah. I just... <clears throat> with the Connect, first of all, let's make it clear, the Connect actually sold incredibly well for the Xbox. <laughs> There's a bunch of fools with a lot of money who just bought that shit and never used it. I My mean, roommate uh, was Xbox One Connect. When, uh, they, when yeah. they forced a bundle with it right, because right, they right, wanted right, a 100% okay. install base. Yeah. Um, and I understand that I understand that incentive to do that and, and I think it's a good idea to like, if you're gonna if you're going to do it, go all out. Xbox's problem was that the Kinect wasn't a good product. It doesn't yeah, work yeah. well with games. Everyone knows this now. Like the only games that it works with are dancing games, basically. Um, it, it's 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 got a few interesting things, but it doesn't justify the price for the most part. If Nintendo sold this as an optional thing, I would say for the most part, from what I've seen out of Nintendo games, it's it, everything that it provides is an extra that could be. Uh, provided in a separate way without it. Um, in fact, I think that pretty much every game you can play without it, and it's not going to like mess you up or anything, right? That's true. And to some extent, I agree with you that you it, it makes sense to have the option not to get it. But I can say that it's something that I wouldn't have bought if it wasn't bundled. Right. Yeah. And I absolutely love it. Like it is amazing, and I. I'm not going to buy another console unless it has some comparable feature like that. That is now a, 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 a necessary feature if I'm ever going to buy a console, that it has to have some kind of perfect remote play like I that. I do agree with it that. Is a, it is I, a new I, staple. They have created a new necessity. I think we're getting to the point where consoles need something that sets them apart from a PC, for example, where it, you, there's a reason that you're buying this separate piece of hardware, at least for people like us, which I, we're not a huge market or anything, but at least for me personally, if a console doesn't either offer a game that I just cannot get anywhere else, um, or if it doesn't have a gimmick that, and I call it a gimmick, I don't mean that in a negative way, if it doesn't have a feature that, that a PC just can't have or doesn't have in the same way, then I don't really see the point in getting one. Right. Um, 
yeah i do agree with that but i i just i don't like the concept of the wii u very much never really have that's part of the reason i haven't gotten one is just because i just it just doesn't appeal to me that much i liked the concept of the wii i thought that was really neat uh, a lot of people did it sold really well um but yeah it, our original point was just that that they screwed up in a lot of ways with the wii u it, most importantly just the, the simplest thing naming it and making it not an accessory or seem like it, it was not an accessory which i mean people I, I've, I still hear stories like that are happening today, like over the holidays, people were asking about the Wii U and saying, <laughs> so how does it connect to the Wii? Like, it, it, even when they announced it at E3, people didn't know if it was a separate console or not. Like, it was just totally, totally a fuck up. And they should have known at E3 that they should have changed the name like obviously like everyone was saying it like you need to change the name you need to change the fucking name nintendo listen to us change the name and they just didn't do it they just have at least for the american market they just have abysmal market research i they just are not even in the same atmosphere as as uh their consumers it's weird like they know how to please them but they're not aware of them <laughs> it's weird <laughs> yeah they, they just by their nature just keep making good games well yeah but like they're I like said, a it's, it's idiot all about the savant games. and they're completely wrapped up in their little nintendo yeah. world and <laughs> i mean like here's the thing with with the quality of games that nintendo puts out and this is you know that's separate from the company you know we're not talking about corporate we're not talking about marketing we're talking about the smaller developers or whoever i don't know it's all internal stuff but like whoever's leading their development teams knows what they're doing they know that's that what i thought but satoru iwata the ceo of the company he has this hugely extensive series of interviews with these developers and he knows the shit inside and out like he knows the development process of these games and he's talking about rhythm heaven and he has he's having a ball yeah and he like personally signed the team up for dance classes like the management or at least the ceo of the company is super involved with these games and this stuff like overall at least from what I can tell, the entire corporate culture points at success right. for video game design. But like they they can't do it market wise. They need they need they need someone there who doesn't necessarily know how to make games but knows how to sell them basically. Because I I, I just like imagine what Nintendo would be if they did know their market, if they did understand how to advertise and how to sell their product with the quality of games that they're putting out which are arguably the best in the entire industry i mean honestly like nintendo games are just really really good especially for families and children if they knew how to advertise that they could have they could have a console in just about every family's home like which is basically what the wii was but that was again that was almost just a complete fluke i'm I'm getting convinced that the wii still doesn't even have like i guess i wouldn't say that quite but the wii's library isn't that much stronger than the wii u's present library and the wii u is still an infant and it doesn't even have a mainline zelda out like there's so much more going on for the wii u early life wise as far as great exclusives go definitely especially i'm interested to see how much zelda sells consoles because so many people so many people who don't play any other games are zelda fans like zelda is like almost the oblivion of of uh, these uh, i don't know I, I it's it's kind of like oblivion period it's it's like these people who don't play any games have played zelda games and love them my sister's one of them it's like the only game she's ever played in her life is zelda and 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 she loved it and 
you see these people everywhere and so i'm interested if that alone just picks up the console sales immensely i bet it will especially if they time it right but here's the thing like are they going to market it right are people even going to hear about zelda be coming out (laughs) i think i think this time word of mouth might do the work for them because it's an open world zelda they'll be able to say it's like skyrim zelda (laughs) and so they might have a bulletproof formula there yeah Oh god, I'm thinking of Skyrim with guns now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Halloween is cool. <laughs> or it's at I, least I, I, interesting I, to to watch. It is very interesting. I'll give it that. Um, and it absolutely has more going on for it than any other console at the moment. Until maybe Bloodborne comes out. Oh um, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That link is right there. I'm leaving it unclicked for now. Yeah. Forever. Um, do we have any other news? Um, not much else going on. We're still pretty early. As far as news go. Um, yeah. We we haven't had most of the Q1, the big Q1 releases, if there are yeah, even that I many mean, at all. This is this is this is notoriously the slowest time in the video game industry. So. Broken Age Act Two is supposed to be coming out real soon. Um, really? Yeah, I can actually just run a search for that real quick. Broken Age I two. They said Q one twenty fifteen. I oh early twenty fifteen. God, so now they've given themselves a six month time period. Right. Oh, and, then, boy. and then they can always I'm so just delay glad it at the last back minute. This on Kickstarter, I paid for the game yeah. because it was fucking fantastic. But I'm really glad that I didn't sink anything additional into it because well, that's the thing. They Why don't would anyone? Why would anyone kickstart something when you could just buy it when it's actually out? Exactly. God damn it. I mean, we've been over this, and everyone has been over this, but like, god damn it, people. Stop. Stop pre-ordering. Stop kickstarting. Stop early accessing unless... Like, Besiege. Besiege is a good early access game because you get what you pay for. It's $7 for a really short little experience that's kind of cool, and hopefully they'll expand on it. But god damn it. Somebody's saying Monty Um died. Yeah, Monty Um uh I don't know was, he is. he's with Rooster Teeth. Mm-hmm. Um he I don't know. I, I don't really follow their content very much. I don't know how major of a guy he was in there, but he was thirty three years old and he died of like a really like freak allergic reaction during a surgery or something like that. Like really awful stuff. He he died uh, I think today or or actually i think it was yesterday but it was announced today um i i would say more about him but i have i don't know who he is basically i just know that he was with rooster teeth and i do like those guys uh i like mega 64 they're very close to rooster teeth so yeah Yeah. rest in peace i don't yeah i mean i guess rest in peace not i guess (laughs) but i don't know who he is so i can't yeah that's understandable yeah i can't Um, give an epideictic account of him uh, but, uh, but say well. more things in chat so that we can have things to talk about because we're so early and I don't want to end the podcast yet. Uh, yeah, we'll get something out. Somebody said that Bloodborne's a system seller for them. I made the mistake of buying. I think um, it will be for me. I made the mistake of buying a system before Bloodborne. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I've just had one that's been sitting there inert for so long that I don't. It's it's weird. I don't even remember on a daily basis that I even own a PS4. Like it's just yeah. not a, a thing, a part of my existence. But that's how I was when I finally got my hands on a PS3. Um, 
I didn't buy it. I I, I stole it from stole my dad it. because he he used it for uh, a racing sim. Uh, he used it for Gran Turismo, and and then he found a better one, a better racing sim on the PC called iRacing, which I've mentioned before. Um, and so he had no use for the PS3, so I took it. I never remembered that I had it. I remember like Grand Theft Auto Five was coming out, and uh, and everyone was talking about like what console am I going to get it on? Like who's who's ABF going to, which which console is ABF going to play on? Uh, and a lot of people were saying the PS3 because you know it's it's a Grand Theft Auto game, and they've been traditionally on PlayStation, at least in the 3D era. And uh, so I was going, well, I guess. And then I remembered, like I had to remember, like oh yeah, I've got a PS3 lying in my living room right now, and. Uh, I did end up getting it for that, and I got Dark Souls 2 on it, but, like, other than those two games, I never used the thing. Oh, I did... Okay. This this alone is the best thing that ever happened when I... Like, it, it, this could justify the price of a PS3 if I had bought it alone. Like, the Shadow of Colossus, that was oh, the yeah. first time I played it was that I just downloaded it on the PS3 network, and it's the HD version or whatever, and that is... That instantly became one of my favorite games of all time. I, I love that game. I love it, love it, love it. Like, that is such a fantastic game. Um, so, and of course, my Metal Gear Solid series that I just downloaded on PS3 and played through in like the course of three weeks. Um, but that was fairly recent. Uh, well, I, I picked up um, Metal Gear Solid 4 a few months ago. That was the only one I, I hadn't played, uh, was 4. And I got it for like five bucks used. And it's just amazing how like it's like an early era PS3 game. And at the time it was pushing the system to its absolute limits. Yeah. But the frame rate is so bad. So bad. It's yep. really jarring. Like because Metal Gear Solid 3 felt so good. Especially playing it on like um I emulated it first and then went back and bought the um, HD collection and it just was so smooth and so nice and like four wow it's unpleasant to like move around like I got used to it a bit but it's really choppy like I get how cool it looked and it was amazing looking for the time but it doesn't hold up as a result if they just made it look a little worse and run a little better yeah i don't know i i it, it wasn't so bad that like it's stopped me from enjoying the game or anything but it was noticeable especially in some parts where there's just a lot going on it's like jesus christ come on guys yeah it was oh yeah it was still super super fun amazing game i mean probably the worst in the series but that's but what is that's that saying? not saying yeah. much exactly <laughs> um yeah well i don't know somebody is mentioning anthony birch leaving gearbox uh, yeah i heard about that i i didn't mention it but yeah he anthony birch as you know is the supreme beta white knight who like <laughs> yes, worked at gearbox and wrote handsome jack the character and borderlands 2 and borderlands the pre-sequel he sucks he's a big shitty person and um he has a, such an embarrassing personal life it's disgusting and so he left gearbox which means now i guess more people are gonna buy gearbox games but he's also going on to work with freddie wong 
and Freddie Wong is the guy who makes all kinds of funny epic video game After Effects yeah. parodies. Video game high school is what a what a blast. Yeah, I'm not a huge Freddie mm. Wong fan. I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. Like, it's his cool effects that, work is cool, but it's, like it's, it's cool the that, shittiest application. Yeah, it's cool that he does that stuff with like a, an assumedly pretty low budget and like indie and all that stuff, and he's doing pretty cool stuff with it. But like. As far as the humor goes, I I, I can pass. I think uh, someone mentioned the uh, Metal Gear Riser two trailer that wasn't or teaser yeah. that wasn't actually a Metal know, Gear Rising. I don't know anything about this. All we know right now is like it's very clearly the Metal Gear Rising font. Like that that much is basically certain. But that's all we know. All they did was at the Taipei Game Show they showed a two. They also font. apparently have come out and said no, it is not a Metal Gear Rising two trailer, but. Who can ever believe anything that that anyone uh, who has any affiliation with Hideo Kojima says? Like, <laughs> that's obviously what it is. There's no yeah. debate. I, I I don't know why you wouldn't make a Metal Gear Rising two. They're probably just saying it's like it's not gonna like. be called that or something. I don't know. Maybe but... I don't know. Um, also, uh, someone mentioned No Man's Sky. There's not a lot of news or anything going on about No Man's Sky. It's kind of under the radar right now. Um, but I do follow uh, fuck what's his name I forgot it again the the head developer of No Man's Sky on, on Twitter and he seems like a really nice guy and uh, he's been tweeting a lot about the soundtrack they're making the soundtrack right now they've hired some kind of indie artist who does a lot of like electronic kind of music and uses a lot of like he's one of those people that'll plug in a bunch of electronic things and see how they interact with each other and just it, it all sounds really weird and stuff but that, that might be really fitting for this game i don't know um i don't know I, yeah i'm really excited for it i hope that it doesn't end up being like a full price game with no content uh I, I I don't know if Sony is or not Sony. I don't remember if Sony is the ones. There's someone who's kind of almost like a not. They're not publishing it, but they've been kind of supporting it like really heavily. So I feel like they probably have some influence on them. I think it was Sony because I think Sony's been kind of saying that it's a PlayStation game, but uh, I don't think it is PlayStation exclusive. But yeah, I don't know. I hope that's not like a full price game. I don't know. It'll be cool. It'll be a cool game. Somebody is, um, Konami clarified that there was no new game announced. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they haven't announced it, they just teased something out, like, I mean, I mean, they didn't show that for no reason, that much is clear to everybody. Um, somebody, or not somebody, I saw a link here that was interesting. Oh yeah, this reminded me. This is unrelated, but um, you were wondering what else the studio that Sony Online Entertainment did. They also made oh, EverQuest. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Uh, or they're making, and they're making. Is it like a sequel or a spiritual successor to EverQuest? I don't know. Um, that one where like it's destructible environments and stuff. Do you remember seeing this? It was like an MMO that that at least ostensibly was pushing the limits of MMOs. Vaguely, but I I don't know. They I haven't said... Like... I don't think they've said anything about it for like a really long time now, so I think it was one of those things that's kind of been put on the back burner. Um, a lot of people are really excited for it, but I feel like it's one of those things that's going to promise a lot and not deliver a whole lot of what it promises. Um, they were They were promising shit like... the the world constantly changing and like uh, these big events happening where like people are building up 
fortresses and then like AI attacks I the just, fortresses and you have to I def- tune defend out it whenever and it just I hear doesn't that sound. Stuff. Yeah. Like it that is up there with living breathing world. If you are talking about factions, I'm I basically don't trust that you can deliver it yeah. in 99% of cases. Like na- like there really aren't that many good executions of faction mechanics like ever. It's super I think World rare. of Warcraft still had one of the best uh, implementations of just like yeah, it's not you're like, order alliance and here you go. Yeah, it's not unfindable, but it's just rare. And World of Warcraft did it well because they were pretty isolated and only met every once in a while or at least early yeah. on so that like they felt like they had different cultures almost and they Even also were pretty exactly you know. okay yeah you just said it they, they felt like they have different cultures it feels like you're getting an entirely different experience depending on not only what faction you choose but what race you choose you spawn in completely different areas that look nothing like each other They're, the cultures and everything is completely different um, the world is huge and, 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 and the factions are completely separate and you don't even see someone from another faction for probably the first 10 or 15 hours that you play that game usually yeah um that is really that's what was so cool about world of warcraft from the beginning the old republic and i'm using this as an example because it's one that i played i i i think this also applies for plenty of other games like elder scrolls online and stuff but the old republic i played quite a bit of and 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 the amount that they screwed that whole concept up is is unbelievable um so obviously you choose between the empire and the i guess rebels or alliance or whatever it was and um the only difference is that like the empire has more stereotypically evil characters and the alliance doesn't and yeah you spawn in different worlds or whatever but because they're different because they're completely separate planets it doesn't feel like you're in an actual world because you just get in the ship and you go through a loading screen and then you're on another planet and like there's so like the whole idea of like traveling across the world in world of warcraft is 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 genius in many ways because it feels like you're part of something that exists you don't feel like you're in a video game um people complained a lot about the 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 travel system of World of Warcraft where you had to get on griffins and fly, you know, point to point on the griffins and actually like wait for your character to get there. A lot of people complained about that. And even I remember being bored with it, mm. but it was essential to building that world. To You had to feel like you were actually traveling a great distance and you were. Um, the older public ruined that with like just, you, you go through a loading screen and you're on a different world. They also have their hub cities for each faction so like in world of warcraft there were three hub cities for each faction and they were really really unique and interesting and you had like the hordes like with they just looked completely different they were they were awesome and then the old republic they were literally copies of each other they were the exact same layout um wow. the only difference was that the alliance had i think a blue tint and the empire had a red tint uh wow those and are some so substantial that was, differences. That was fun. That's funny God. though, because Bioshock or not Bioshock, Bioware did that well before. They did. They made Dragon Age Origins, and you yeah. said you haven't played that, right? But um, they did that fantastically. Maybe the best ever, where you you can choose your race. You can be a human. You can be a dwarf. And let's say you want to be a dwarf. Well, you can be a dwarf nobleman or a dwarf commoner. And if you start out as a nobleman, then you start out in a noble house. And there are political concerns you have to deal with. Like the first quest is just you kind of getting exiled or ostracized from this noble circle 
because of some political intrigue. And if you start as a commoner, it's a completely different setting, and you you try to work out of this poverty, and you know it, it's really cool. And then you'll go back to those same areas later, and you'll meet some old characters and like see how they've changed. Yeah, that's and, always neat. And if you didn't start as that, you'll still be passing through the same areas later. You can go there, and they're part of the same world. You can walk there, yeah. or at least you know go to the map there. They did that fantastically. I'm surprised that they didn't do it for the Old Republic. Yeah, I don't know why. I I, I think part of it was like how much can you do with like planets? You know, you, you're going to have to just travel between the planets and you can't have a sense of being on one world. I, like honestly, if I were them, I would have made the planets really massive areas, like really massive. Like they, they were good. They were good size, but like – start out with just a couple planets honestly i I know that that's the whole idea of star wars is that you're adventuring through the galaxy but like if you're gonna make an mmo you're gonna have to completely change how you're doing things or or make the space actually part of the game you know which would make it a completely different kind of game but uh like they they also screwed up they they all screwed you get to like level i think someone pointed out in chat that it was level 20 and then you're, you're on the same planet with the other uh faction I think you go through two planets with your own faction, and then the third planet is 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 with is a shared planet, which is absurd because it's a relatively small area where you both have bases. And like in World of Warcraft, it would be like these contested zones, and you don't see a whole lot of the other players very usually. And like there's this kind of like hostility there. Sometimes they're warring, and sometimes there's like this really weird neutral. Uh, but it's it's a, it's it feels strained, you know. It feels like there's actually like a tension there. But then in, in, in the older public, it's just like, here's our base, here's their base. Also, the bases look pretty much the same. And there, there's just no, like, oh, God. Maybe and, this... and, 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 of course, everyone speaks the same language. So, like, part of the fun of the World of Warcraft was, like, you can't even talk to a horde player. Keck. But, yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure in the older public, you can talk to the other faction and everything. It's just, God, come on. Yeah, like, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but Star Wars has never been about, like, the world to me. It's like about the hero and the adventure of it. Yeah. Like I, I really am not that concerned with like the politics of these planets, and the planets no. themselves really aren't that interesting. The well, world that's, just that's the isn't all thing. that interesting. That was part of the problem with the the prequels that everyone hated so much is is that they do try to get in the politics of it and stuff, and never, and everyone's like, I don't give a shit. Nobody about gives this. a fuck. Exactly. These guys are the bad guys. Come on. Yeah. Um, it, it's it was never made to support that kind of thing, and you know the prequels show that it can't, and. Uh, like like middle earth in the lord of the rings it very clearly feels like a story about middle earth that frodo is yeah. a part of star wars feels like luke skywalker's story like i don't know you're doing right. a Tol- it- tolkien-esque rpgs are so successful because that formula really allows the world to take center stage and star wars just what do you do if you're, yeah, tr- I mean, I, it's an MMO. You can't expect too much. But from somebody who clearly has a record of doing that thing well, I don't know. But this is the, around think, the same time as Bioware's decline. So, who's to say that yeah. creativity was the cause of any of this? But uh, part part of the issue too is that Star Wars. It started out 
where you're right it's like this is luke skywalker's story and i've just created this world that he lives in and maybe not that much thought was go- gone into how the world works you know like it, it doesn't matter how do the lightsabers work it doesn't really matter uh how are the politics work it doesn't matter this tatooine is a has a city where it's all scum and villainy it doesn't fucking matter what the history of the city is or anything it, that's just what it is um but then when people could take that and they try to make it something that it was never designed to be when they try to make it universe garbage how do people read that stuff yeah how can you bring yourself to care it ruins it for me because i i don't give a shit i don't want to know that stuff that's the, the 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 good thing about it is that you don't know anything about that world it's alien it's different and you kind of can fill in some blanks but you're not even really meant to think about it that much it's just interesting because it's different it's cool you don't need to go into the politics or any of that shit and that's exactly what bioware loves to do create your own sci-fi world if you're going to do that shit uh, there's been plenty of successful sci-fi worlds that have been built yeah fucking mass effect there you go yeah um so i I, uh, that's part of the reason I think that I, I've never been able to get into Knights of the Old Republic, which are heralded as good games. I, I, I've tried to play those multiple times and just – I think the, one of the biggest issues is that I just never find myself caring about the world because like I don't want to know anything more about the Star Wars universe. I don't want to know anything about it. I just want to see stories inside of it. I, I, yeah. That's what I'm hoping for for the seventh movie is that they can just – really just a straightforward this awesome hero put him on an adventure get the hero journey going i don't care if it's formulaic that's what that star wars is cool not because it's breaks new ground of storytelling it was just awesome yeah yeah exactly and sometimes things need to just be awesome a Uh, simple twist real simple twist he's his father (laughs) but that was so Uh, cool that was so cool and, and like people in the chat are, are sitting here like correcting us about certain things and stuff and it's like that's the whole point we don't care if you're like, capable of correcting us then uh, you're the problem <laughs> yeah like we don't give a shit it's just it's a cool universe the designs of the of the sci-fi stuff is really cool lightsabers are, are the coolest thing ever everyone knows it we don't need to know how they came about or anything like that how how a Sith Lord crafts his lightsaber. I don't... It, what? Yeah, and like the the Sith Jedi thing itself is such like this weird abstract conflict between literally good and evil. Like even trying to ascribe any kind of motive to the Sith ruins the magic for me. Yeah. Like they are just evil. That's the point. That's what they and, do. And, and Bioware tried to not just make them evil, which was like, come on, they're the Sith. They're supposed to not give a shit about these things, but like because they have these choices, especially in the old Republic, but you can make a Sith character that just only makes those good choices. Like it doesn't make any sense. Is it like yeah. DNA like dnd are they like lawful evil is that what's going on i guess i don't know i have no idea i don't even care about star wars my character was evil my character was evil in star wars because that's always fun when Mm. you just punch a guy in the face and shit like that and you shoot you shoot someone because they're being a dick and and that's that's what that's the fun of the bioware games to me is is always choosing the worst option um (laughs) but anyway 
Yeah, I mean, speaking of being a dick, and I talked about this many times before, but worth checking out, and I'm not sure when the next episode's coming out, but worth checking out is Tales from the Borderlands. It's the first type of, like, story-driven game that's really making feeling like a dick fun as far as, like, story goes. Like, obviously, playing like a dick is fun in every game. Like, you know, just killing random people in GTA or something, but it manages to do the story dick story dicking well <laughs> yeah I, I i might have to check that out that might be my first telltale game i mm, have you played you the first think... walking dead no you should probably I don't know play if i that, want to because that's ah. really good that's really really good all right you can just ignore the second one or, or okay. wait until the magic has faded enough that you won't care like <laughs> the season two of the walking dead it really isn't that bad. It's not bad enough to ruin season one for you. Like, it, it's really... It's clearly worse in every way, but, like, it's not horrible, horrible. Um, yeah. And, and season one, of course, is excellent. It, that's by far the best thing they've made, so... Yeah. I'm, I'm really surprised that you haven't played that. I hope it hasn't been spoiled for you. Uh, no. I, I, I've seen a few th- scenes from, like, The Walking Dead, but not, nothing major, I don't think. Uh, I know a few things that happened, but... I, I, I think I know one of the big spoilers, but, like, I don't know how it happens or anything like that, so I... I I, I I don't think anything's ruined for me. Yeah, like if you yeah if you don't know the story, then yeah, you definitely want to play that. You'll you'll enjoy that. Um, what do you consider the best morality system in a game? Is I think that's a good question. I really huh. like the way Red Dead Redemption did it. How did they do it? I don't remember a morality well, system. You had kind of... you had honor. And you did? yeah. I can't remember exactly all the mechanics of it, but I remember you could put on a bandana and conceal your identity and then it wouldn't affect your honor. Like oh, it felt it felt yeah. that you were building a reputation in the West and that there were reasonable limitations to it. Not everyone on the planet knows who you are and all of your exploits, or if they do, they can't magically see through a piece of cloth over your face. It felt like a real part of the world, which is why it was interesting. And back then, that was when a lot of these games, like if you would do something immoral, immoral, in the middle of nowhere where no one could see it, it would still affect like your character's standing and reputation. If you kill somebody in the middle of nowhere in Red Dead, that's it. There are no witnesses. There's no- nothing else to it. That was really cool. I really like okay. the way they handled that. In concept, I think that's really cool, but the fact that I can't remember it even existing <laughs> yeah, is probably yeah. tantamount to. That's true, yeah. too. But someone mentioned Papers, Please. That's that's something I never would have thought of. I, I, I wouldn't call it a morality system in Papers, Please, because it's just – it's it's above that, honestly. Like the oh, way yeah. that they reward and punish your moral choices in papers please is genius and they I, don't I, have I, to formalize a morality yeah, meter they, they I don't, just I, make I don't even want to put choices. that in that category because i think it deserves to be just a separate thing of its own because papers please is genius if you haven't played papers please play papers please it's it's a game that uses gameplay to tell a story like i've never seen anything do it in such a perfect way i, I love that game um no, i would really say good. as far as morality systems goes i i think um this could be nostalgia 
talking, but I I really enjoyed playing around with the morality system in Fable, um, the first Fable game. Uh, when you're bad, you start growing horns and stuff, and you become pale and like scary looking, and you gain. Oh, the really nice thing about Fable's morality system was like the way it kind of handed you little things that you could do with your either evil or good status. Like if you were a good character, you could like talk. I mean, you could uh, gloat in front of people and like flex your muscles and stuff. But if you were an evil character, you could like fart in front of people and uh i i thought that was fun if you were if you were good enough then a halo would appear above your head which i that was just fun to like slowly see your character change like that um i think i like that a lot what deserves honorable mention at least it's not like a, a system that extends to the entire game but i remember just being amazed by it and i still think it's really cool um at the beginning of Chrono Trigger, you run into this girl named Marl at the Millennial Fair, and you just, like, walk around with her. It's like a scripted sequence where she tries to get candy, like candy apples or something. You meet by bumping into her, and then her necklace falls to the ground. But then she winds up being the princess, and then you get brought in on some trumped-up charges. It's just like a you're basically framed for some crime of kidnapping her even though she got sent back to the past that's not important what's important is that you get brought to a trial and at the trial just the random npcs around that area are like witnesses at the trial and they describe what you did and so like if you if you bump into the girl you can talk to her, but there's also a twinkly necklace on the ground. Most players are conditioned to go for the necklace because it's a twinkly item, and there it is. But you can check on her first and make sure she's all right. And <laughs> if you do that, then they mention it at the trial. And then what you did in this sequence determines how they testify, and that determines how the jurors vote. Like, if you if you try to leave while she's getting her candy apple, she's like, wait, where are you going? But if you stuck with her, then it makes this case of you being friendly with her and that she clearly wasn't being kidnapped by you like you're being accused of. It was a really subtle thing. And for its time, I don't really think many for games any do that. I, yeah. I, I, I can't think of a lot of games that are that subtle about their about like choices and stuff. Like choices yeah, that you and might it's not, not even... like It's not like a huge deal. I mean, you can... Right. The outcome is basically the same if it's all guilty or all not guilty. But just the fact that it acknowledges that kind of thing, and that game overall, it's not about moral choice overall, but it's about changes, very subtle changes, that have huge ramifications over the different time periods of the game. Like yeah. something you do in 65 million BC will have clear changes in the modern day. That's and cool. it'll just be a tiny little change. And so it, it really kind of uh, plants that seed of what you do matters, the game's paying attention. And it has something like 13 different endings. It, it's, it's really cool. Chrono Trigger is one of those games that I've never played and just you need have to, to, period. You yeah, have I know. to. I know. Put that, uh, put that way ahead of The Walking Dead. Uh, our Restus um, points out that, that the Fable uh, morality system is kind of silly. I, I disagree with that. Um, I, or I don't disagree that it's silly. I just disagree that that's a problem. I think that that's the fable as a whole was a very silly game. But he also said that it was kind of non-functional. Like it only gave you cosmetics and stuff. It, it actually, if you went fully evil or fully good or like got pretty close there, you started to unlock like really good weapons and and spells that you couldn't get unless you were uh, aligned in that way. And and I think that 
I remember very specifically many times in that game where it's like I could do something right now that would give me super good uh, armor or something like that, but it would take off a ton of it would it would give me a ton of evil points that i don't want and so i was actually having to make these choices it wasn't like deep it wasn't like these deep moral choices but it was it was just a simple consequence that the game gave you for doing something that you know you had to make a choice and there were consequences on each side and i that's what their morality system that was the purpose that it served it didn't pretend to be anything that it wasn't it's gotten a lot of criticism for just being like this is either good or bad which is silly but i think it's fine i i i liked it i liked it a lot in that game i thought it fit with the gameplay very well yeah this is i now that i've got chrono sugar on the brain um like that game, you know, uh, Far Cry Four. How if you wait in the room, then you can trigger like a, a little special early ending. That's a bit of an Easter egg. Chrono Trigger basically does that, but it does so many of them, and it makes sense each time that you really feel like they're valid different endings, or at least interesting yeah. different endings, even if one is clearly better. Like this one happens really early on; it's not that big of a deal, and it's some of them are more serious. This is a bit of a cheesy throwaway, but. The, basically, you can because you can travel through time freely, you can fight the final boss whenever you want. Whenever you're strong enough to kill it, you can go do it. If you kill it before you resolve a crisis in 65 million BC, then the whole world is reptiles in the modern day. And it's like, you know, that's just how that went. It's not even that big of a deal. But there are so many different endings like that that I really don't want to spoil. They just make it so impressive. Like, they thought these things through and whenever games show that kind of care with with how they handle the story and the mechanics it's always great especially yeah. if they can show substantive consequences for choices i need to play that game i i know almost nothing about it like i know that it's like it's better that way games in a lot of ways and yeah i, I know almost nothing so it's I like need to, it's like right on the cusp of where jrpgs got to be completely fucking impenetrable it's before that happened like the yeah. sequel to it, Chrono Cross, has a lot of these really weird combat systemy quirks. With like, I don't even remember much about how that combat system worked. It was kind of confusing, like different alignments and just weird garbage that I didn't care about. Chrono Trigger is like super simple. It's kind of like a hybrid turn-based active. It works really, really simply. You just kind of target and do it. It's good. Yeah. It may be a perfect game. I can't recall any problems with it at all yeah i i hate to switch back and forth between subjects like this but our is saying things in chat that i highly disagree with and i have to acknowledge <laughs> them um he's talking about the fable system and how there's there's no room for ambiguity it, it it doesn't allow you to choose there's no gray moral choices either good or bad which has always been the criticism that i've heard of fable and i just don't get the criticism because i think fable's the kind of game that you don't need the ambiguity it's not trying to yes. to tell a cool interesting story about morality and stuff it's just saying you can either be a good guy or a bad guy and 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 the 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 hard moral choices don't come from like it's not giving you choices where it's like oh both of these have consequences and and uh, i don't know which one's the the good choice or the bad choice that's not what it's trying yeah. to do and that's not what it does what it does is it says if you kill this person for this piece of armor or whatever then you're going to be evil 
and that will affect how you play your character and stuff. And that'll make yeah. it harder to become good if you want to do that. That's all it needs. That's all it wants to do. And that's what I like about it. It's simple and effective. I, I, I completely disagree that it's that it's it's burdened by its simplicity. I think that that's the whole appeal of it. Yeah, like what what made Infamous's execution of it so bad was that it took itself way more seriously than Fable. Like it was going full on grim dark take this seriously yeah and when you have to play the cartoon hero or the cartoon villain in that kind of context it really makes the whole morality system feel like just an artificial meter that's meant to meant to have artificial influence over the game but something like fable even in the name like in a fable or a fairy tale you're not interested in the walter whites and the anti-heroes with the complex (laughs) morality yeah in fables the most memorable characters by far are the villains the villainous villains the evil queen who just kills people for fun or the hero the the brave knight who just saves the world because that's what he is that's what he likes to do those are the subjects of fables that's what fable is about yeah i i I like that game a lot and I just I don't think that the criticism it gets is it usually deserves because it's like people are criticizing it for something it basically isn't I brought up uh, over the weekend on Twitter I brought up the fact that IGN okay there was an ad in the Super Bowl <laughs> I'm sorry I'm completely changing subject but this is actually kind of tangentially related but anyway there was an ad in the Super Bowl that um, it was for Seth Rogen and what's his name's newest comedy or whatever and and it ended it was a short ad and it was before the Super Bowl started and it was it was basically a teaser for the full length trailer or something like that and it ended with saying watch the trailer online at IGN.com <laughs> which I thought was so like Jesus Christ IGN is just IGN has just gone full on into like yeah we're just fucking selling out to this random shit like I don't know if they do any movie reviews but if they do they they can't get away with having exclusive trailers on their side but anyway um, I thought that was weird but that brought up in my mind the some of the IGN's worst reviews which I think I might have mentioned on here dead that Dead Space 2 review that was really bad um, yeah, I did because of Game Over Greggy and all that shit. Greggy, um, Greggy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've already brought that up. They also did a review for uh, Football Manager 2009. I think they did a review for the American version, which is called like Soccer Manager or something like that. And um, it's the same game, though, I think. And uh, it, they got this guy to review it who was not a hardcore f- fan of soccer, especially not European soccer. And. Uh, didn't really know anything about the game i don't think like kind of the point of the game or he might have known the point of the game but basically his review just said i don't know why anyone would play this game over the likes of fifa or pro evolution soccer which are just a completely different genre of video game (laughs) it's like it would be like playing like command and conquer and saying i don't know why anyone would want to play this over call of duty like one's a strategy game and one is a first person shooter or one's an action game and one's like like it, it, it they're 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 not supposed to be compared and he gave it a two out of ten and like people love football manager that's one of the most played games on steam people just play that the shit out of that game it's it's very autistic like you, you you sit there and you manage players you never actually play the game of soccer and that was his whole criticism of it was that you never play the game of soccer um 
anyway that the reason i brought that up is just because i feel like the criticism that people have of fable is like it's not the game they want it to be which is this complex rpg with 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 hard moral choices and an interesting story it's 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 not that it's a very simple story it's a simple game it just because it's an rpg just because it's an open world doesn't mean it has to be complex or or deep in in any way i and i like the fact that it doesn't try to be those things (laughs) um okay so i just this is unrelated but i have to talk about this jezebel um you know the gawker owned fantastic yes. website posted this article is a man is making bizarre terrifying youtube videos about brianna Wu, and it's fucking jace connors it's deagle nation jace connors and she the the writer of this article has like no idea who he is and this is a quote from the video. Uh, Jace here. I'm posting this for evidence of attempted murder. I didn't realize it at the time, but the timing was too perfect. I suspect Brianna Wu rigged my mom's Prius to crash. <laughs> oh, I read about this. Yeah. Brianna Wu rigged my mom's Prius to crash and or kill me to silence me from being a hashtag Gamergate vigilante. <laughs> I saw, I, ch- I saw this article being signal boosted. Um, I challenged Brianna to a street race for hashtag Gamergate. <laughs> and right after that, she bought a racing motorcycle. Then this happened. That's funny. The funniest is, to me is that she has no idea who Jace Connors is and is like actually taking him seriously. Well, I don't know who he is, but I remember. Oh, you're missing out. Parkour, I... parkour dude 91. I, I, I've never heard of this guy but he is a legend uh, he is so fucking paranoid and like once he streamed and just for hours like him pissing himself on the ground and he makes Jesus. all these he wears like shades indoors because he gets paranoid and he smokes weed basically constantly and he's convinced that he's a member of the, the marines even though he's clearly not and like collects airsoft he is a weird motherfucker and it looks like obvious satire but if you look at him he is never ever broken character over years and years and years this is who he is he's basically like a kappa if kappa was an insane gun nut instead of just a pedestrian i, retard. I love that people hear you talk about kappa but don't know who he is so they just get this like secondhand information of just like the comparisons <laughs> and shit you bring up yeah um, but it, it actually is a good comparison because if you see like video of jace connors you would be totally reasonable to think that it was parody just take it from somebody who's poured over this shit with that assumption in mind. It's not. He is just a fucking hilarious human being. And I, I think it's funny that they're covering it this way. I had to point it out. Yeah, I, re- I remember reading the article and it said, like, Gamer Gator crashes on the way to kill Brianna Wu. And I was like, <laughs> somehow, I don't think that they have the right information here. And I just didn't bother looking up anything else because it sounded fucking stupid. And it turns out it was. So... What a surprise. Um, that stuff know. is so funny. Like a street race for hashtag Gamergate. Nobody else would ever say that sentence. A street ra- challenged her to a street race for hashtag Gamergate. I think it Gamergate. sounds like a good idea. I think it sounds like a good, a good way to settle the issue once and for all, actually. <laughs> um. Man. Oh, that's funny. Is the chat putting anything out of value right now? Or Oh, no, they never have. They're just pointless. And I love you guys, but I don't have band power in this chat room, so I can't save you. 
dropped the hammer. Oh, this is just a little observation I noticed, but on your stream, because I'm a mod on there, your hitbox stream, you can type slash ban as a command. Oh, I noticed, yes. Yeah, so I typed in slash ban everyone, and it just says everyone has been banned. <laughs> so I had like a few seconds of fun with that. It's just a little yeah, tangential Yeah, I, I saw that like, Jonathan McIntosh and Brianna Wu were also banned from my chat, so yeah, thank yeah. you moderators for keeping my, uh, my hitbox stream in line. I, we I really appreciate streets, it. But you let memes on your chat so we I don't do. tolerate yeah. that nonsense well see i like the memes i, I like to look over there and, and see uh, my hero tech champion uh he likes to post his memes on, on in the chat and i just i i you know i i i it, it, i think it accompanies my streams very well i think it, would you it say fits. that memes provide you comfort yeah i would say uh, i would say that i think about memes at night when i'm when i'm feeling you know lonely or sad or afraid well that's great <laughs> i think we should um kill ourselves now and also say goodbye to these lovely people because i think we're about out of content so thanks for stopping by everybody this has been push to shout episode 15 stay tuned for next week where we'll talk about some more great stuff i'm brew talking powder i'm skippy sigmatic and we'll see you later bye-bye